When team members are failing or struggling, it's essential to offer support and resources. There are times that we might want to prove something that causes us to watch them fail. But in the short term, you have to remember your big picture goal of producing results. I'm Jason Gore, and I'm here with executive coach Robert McNaughton. Great, Jason. Uh, this is a good one. And like so many of the conversations we have in these leadership practices, um, this is the basic tendency of as human beings to behave one way and the truth that we can do better and that there's, there's a, a more mature leadership behavior that's on the menu that everyone has access to. We just have to be conscious of it and put the energy in to, to bring it. Yeah. You know, I think it's when, you know, someone gets on our bad side, they become kind of the out group and, you know, they're failing and we're like, ha, I told you you weren't smart enough or good enough or whatever it was enough. Or, you know, there's been, there was some tension around a decision where, you know, you wanted route A and they, they insisted on route B and it's like, see, I told you you're going to fail. And then we kind of sit on the watch on the sidelines and there's some kind of subtle enjoyment about being right or them failing that kind of leads us into a behavior that is not optimal for the company's success. Yeah, there's some schadenfreude there. I mean, it's, it's, it's basic human nature. It's very natural that we regress into a more self-centered focus. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just naturally who we are that, you know, at certain times I'm going to want to look for, for confirmation in justification that I was right, which means making you wrong in an absolute kind of sense. Yep. So we're all guilty of it. It's all natural. The thing to remember is we can do better. Yeah. And we don't do this for our in-groups. You know, when we see our friends struggling and, you know, we jump in to help. You know, it's, some, it's somehow, somehow someone has become part of the out-group that this bad behavior really shows up and we're kind of the bad side of human nature kind of gets us by the tail. And it's just a matter of making some different choices because think, the cost. Oh, go ahead. I think sometimes my in group, uh, uh, retracts to the number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The going gets tough. Uh, you know, the cost of this is, um, and the cost of that contraction. Yes. Is, well, one, you know, whatever's going on goes on for longer. Like if they're failing, they fail bigger. Like they, you know, it's like, the direction that they're going and the, the, the collapse, the hitting the wall, that's going to be what happens if something doesn't change. Yeah. I mean, if one of my team members is uh, running into some challenges and then I'm bullying them about it and saying, it's like, see, I told you so, yeah. like I can push them right out the door and lose that talent. And the whole team loses out on that talent. The, the, what I care about most, you know, the, the prime directive of the company loses out. Yep. You know, where I really see this is when a manager is working with a more junior team. Uh, and, you know, it's hard, sometimes hard to hire the right people, especially if you're not well known or have a good recruiting department or have a lot of money to dangle. But sometimes it's just hard to hire the right people. And so what I hear is the complaint will be, hey, I can't find good people. Yeah. And, you know, and they'll, they'll point, hey, these are all the places where these people are failing. And then I'll talk to the people and they'll say, wow, my, my boss, Jennifer, isn't supporting me. Like every time I get stuck, I go into her office and she kind of beats me up for doing it wrong. 
but what I really need is like the support of this other team and these other things. And I don't have the resources. I don't have the knowledge. And it's like, she's making my job harder rather than easier. That's right. Um, and you know, what's happening there is in part like when, you know, the person gets on Jennifer's bad side, she kind of retracts and says, Hey, I need almost an excuse to, to let you go. So I'm going to let you fail as compared to like really trying to support that person and teach that person and invest in that person. Yeah. I mean, what's one of my um, favorite concepts is that we enact each other in relationship, mm -hmm. in teams, in, you know, whatever interactions as human beings. If I have a preconception about who you are, I the way I behave with you will help you enact that reality. So mm -hmm. if I see you as someone who is ineffective at this and not doing what I want them to do, the way I'm going to treat you is going to make that reality more possible, which right. is different from if I believe that you're capable of bringing your unique genius to this work and that that's an essential component to our success and I'm keeping my eyes on the prize, then I'm going to uh, interact with you in a way that actually moves us in the direction of that. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's the biggest thing is that, when this goes poorly, it's because we lose track of what is the prize. Yes. Like, what is the goal here? And, you know, even when you give someone negative feedback, it's the same thing. The goal is not to give them negative feedback, right? The goal is for something to change and, you know, keep the eye on the prize. And, like, what can you do to make whatever the thing is that you want to change, change? Yeah. And, and don't give up. Like, keep on trying until it gets to the point where, you know, you've had enough conversations and, it's time to separate, but we'll talk about that in another recording. But the goal is to like engage, embrace, and then do that in a, in a supportive way. Yeah. I, I, I love the metaphor of gardening in this once again. It's just like, you know, how, how good of a gardener am I if I'm like walking through the garden being like, I knew you weren't going to grow well, you know, and like, oh, look at this guy, you know, he's not, you know, coming right. up in the sunlight here. It's like, well, what's getting achieved there? Oh, I'm feeling good about myself right now. That's the only thing that's getting achieved there. Interesting. Um, you know, I mean, you know, what, what typically gets in the way of people actually supporting each other when they're failing, there's really just a, you know, self limitations there of my own resourcing. Like if I'm not taking care of myself, you know, from a, you know, just personal care standpoint, if I'm not eating right, sleeping right, you know, all of those normal things, I'm not going to have enough resource. Maybe I'm not giving myself enough positive, you know, appreciation or getting that kind of resourcing from my advisors. Then that's naturally going to, you know, undercut my ability to give abundance to those around me. You know, you point to a deeper cut in this practice, Robert, which is when we want someone to fail and they're at our company, it's because something is going on where our needs didn't get taken care of, a decision process wasn't inclusive. We lost. Um, it's usually there's something that we, we want that we're not getting. And so this is kind of a backhanded way to, um, to make someone else fail. And then we could kind of have our way, whether it's because we fire someone yes. or they look bad, bad and they lose power or whatever the situation might be. And I think that the, the, what a leader does well um, is to avoid this mindset is yes. you need someone suffering or having trouble. They um, offer support. They, they see how they could help. They, you know, might even like hold someone's hand. Like, you know, one of the things I see, for example, is um, not everybody is good at planning, right? Like they just do what's in front of them and they don't think ahead. And so 
all of a sudden, you know, it's like building a house and you're done with the framing and you don't have the materials to go on to the next step. Yeah. Like, uh, and then there's a five day delay. And so like when managers will see that, they're like, oh, you suck. Right. When maybe actually they're a really good, they're a really good technician in some way. Like they know how to frame a house, but they don't know how to plan. Like there's a domain specificity that we always forget about. Um, And so it's like, okay, well maybe that comes really easy to you. And so you have to help them think through the critical path and you have to help them think through what, what happens next when you're done with this? Yes. What is the next step? Huh? Maybe we need to start working in parallel and accept that what comes easy to you might not come easy to someone else. And so offer the support and resources that they need rather than the judgment that's going to prevent them from getting support. Right. I think this conversation, Jason, is emblematic of so many of the conversations you and I have been talking about with these leadership practices in that there's the human nature of, like, if we want to get therapeutic about it here, there's some sort of subconscious belief that we're going to fail and I'm looking for confirmation that we're going to fail and I'm like seeing that in you. So I'm going to push you when you're down where the solution to that, the prescription is, as you were saying, keeping our eye on the prize getting very clear about where we're headed and what our values are. It's like, okay, this is the goal that we're heading towards. These are the values that we all have talked about and agree about that we uh, are how we're treating with each other. So when you uh, encounter challenge there in service of my ownership of where we're headed, I'm going to support you and help you into having a growth mindset around this to keep developing in relationship to this so that we can actually get to where we're committed to going. Mm-hmm. I agree completely. And, you know, support looks like a lot of different things sure. to different people. I know that for me, like, I'm sometimes surprised that, like, my CEO clients who, you know, run a 300-person organization sometimes need a little kind of babysitting around basic accountability. Yes. Hey, you know, did you call your, your investor? No, you know, I just don't think it's going to go well. I'm like, okay, well... Let's talk about that, you know, and it seems like you're avoiding this here a little bit. How can I support you in making that call? They're like, well, I just know I need to do it. So, okay, well, how about if you, you know, do it by Wednesday and you text me Wednesday night? Nice. I mean, it's, right, it's kind of like really basic stuff sometimes, but that's what support might look like. And yeah. A swift kick in the pants works really well in, in certain environments, and we just have to be clear as leaders am I doing that for my own like feeling better about myself or actually in service of, of them getting better? You know, if I say, it's Nope, that's not it. Do it again. You know, I'm actually coming from a place of like, you're capable of doing this. You know that I'm not going to let you get away with not bringing your best. Mm -hmm. And that goes to a previous practice, you know, and, and on this one, it's like, yeah, getting people to do their best, especially when they're failing, you know, and, when people get in that downward cycle, it's like there's a pile on. Their ego gets involved. There's shame stuff that might come up. It's a lot harder. You know, it's like the, the losing team. It's, it's hard to go out there uh, and, and take the field with a lot of confidence. Um, and in those moments, it's like that's when these people really need, you know, the people around them. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, when this is done with excellence, um, you know, people really feel – supported even when they're down, even when they're hurting, um, and that they don't feel shamed or blamed or beaten up or wronged. Now, you know, we do need to hold people accountable. 
right? And if someone isn't working, yes, we need to ultimately let them go in the, in the right timing. Sure. But in the crux moment, like what you really want is you want your people to succeed, especially if you've invested some time and energy into them, right? And so it's like kind of double down on the investment, double down on the communication, shorten the milestones so that you could really see where they are, like keep a closer eye on them. We, we tend to be like, oh, he's failing. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus elsewhere and I'll check back in a few weeks and then he'll be really dead. You know? Yeah. I mean, there were some of the organizations that I see that do this really well. The, you know, these are companies that have a very clear value around being a learning organization, that people are actually attracted to working in this culture because of the growth potential it creates for them. And yeah. therefore, it's not just coming from, you know, single hub leadership. It's coming from everyone in the organization that when someone, they see someone going down, you know, people swoop in and really yeah. make sure the resources are there. They're going to take them out to lunch and like, you know, and, and skillfully listen to them and counsel each other. Um, they're going to have interventions and ways for looking out for each other. The, the, the companies that are really evolved in this category, if there's resource on all sides, because we know how hard it is to be successful in the first place. Totally. You know, I, I think that there's very few kind of corporate or startup athletes, people that can just do everything, right? And yeah. you, you know, throw a problem at it and they could plan it. They could, you know, creatively brainstorm. They could get resources. They could build a team. They could hold that team accountable. They can manage a budget. Like, and most failures are because someone is actually really competent in some domains, but they're incompetent in some other domains. And what I see is like, you know, people are a little embarrassed, like that they don't do some of the basic things or that they don't plan well, or they really don't make good assessments about who to hire and who not to hire. Maybe they're hiring based on likability rather than competence. Right. Um, but unless that you really kind of get down in the trenches with that person about like, what's going on for this person? What's in their mindset? What are they, you know, when they hired this person, what were they thinking? Um, until you kind of slow things down and really support them in what they need and where, what their line of thinking is, not what you think that they need. Um, you're not going to really get to the place where they can navigate out of the trench that they've dug themselves into. Yeah. So the big points here for me around this are like on the one side, you know, how do I access my genuine curiosity in these points? I have to resource myself. I have to make sure that I'm bringing my best to the table so that I can like remain in an abundant state to give my team members the attention that they deserve on one hand. And on the other hand, I have to be really clear and committed to my goal here. And it's kind of like, um, you know, the, the book by the Navy SEAL, Jocko Willink, you know, Extreme Ownership. He's like, imagine like you're leading a Navy SEAL team that like has this mission. At mm -hmm. all cost, we're succeeding right. in our mission. So it isn't like, haha, you screwed that up over there. It's like, no, if you screwed up, that's my failure as well. Yeah. We're yeah. all going to work together to make sure we succeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the you know the train is speeding towards the wall, and you're in the in in the engine, and you're watching the brake guy just like really screw up. He's like, you should be stopping now. Ah, look at you. Yeah. And then you know you look at front and like, oh boy, I forgot about myself. I think there's a number of cartoons that really you know bring that home. Um, so you know here's the here's the thing is the next step is really when you when you see someone struggling and you see either you're on the sideline kind of passively watching, waiting for someone to fail, or 
on the opposite, like you're kind of aggressive, aggressively like beating them up, making, you know, like saying, hey, you're incompetent, like whether it's beating them up directly or gossiping about them behind their back, you kind of know that you've lost your, you've lost the focus on the prize. And it's, you know, step back, remember what this is all about, have the conversations, but really like step in and be supportive and, you know, step in as a peer, as a manager to get the job done first. And then you could post more to later and see what the next steps are and whether, you know, this person is right for the role, et cetera. But the first job is to get the job done. That's right. I couldn't agree more there, Jason, in that, like, you know, step one, you know, awareness, like just notice how I'm being in relationship to other people's challenges. And then second piece is like, don't dwell on that. Don't beat myself up around it. Just, just go, just notice that it's like, okay, this person's struggling. You know what? I can do something about that. Step up and mm. do the hard work, support each other. The key takeaway is, is p- pretty simple. You know, when people are failing or struggling, kind of let go of the desire to beat them up or watch them fail. And by stepping in and offering resources and support, not only will the team get better results, but you're also better positioned to see what really is possible with that individual and is a true collaboration possible. Really good stuff, Jason. Thanks so much. Indeed. Uh, We hope that this conversation has been helpful to all the leaders that are listening.